Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. So let's get right into this and let's, uh, let's, let, let's let the Holy Spirit help us with this. And uh, if we lose the, the rest of the lights, then uh, uh, we'll, we'll all get our phones out, okay? Oh, Michaela, I really thought you, I mean, I got excited. She, I thought she had a donut for a second. I'm like, yes. Anyway, let, let's get into this. This is part two of a talk we kicked off last week. And, and really, this is leading up to Resurrection Sunday. I know a lot of people refer to it as Easter Sunday, but somebody got up out of a grave, right? That's why we celebrate this. That's why we, uh, you know, it really is why we are who we are, because it's, it's what he does. This is the statement that I want the, to stay in the back of your mind this week. I want you hearing Jesus remind you, hey, I got you. It's what I do. I'm going to help you with this situation that you're in. I'm going to help you be victorious, be an overcomer. Are you ready for this? I'm going to help you to forgive the one that, the, even the one that doesn't deserve it, yeah? So let, let's, let's quickly review, and, and we started with this last week at Revelation 13. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. See, like, like we said last week, this whole thing, this whole kingdom of heaven, reality, Christianity, it's all a setup. You see, God knew from the beginning, he planned <clears throat> from eternity he planned before creation to have it this way because he wanted a people that would freely choose him. I mean, he's God. He can make anything he wants. So he could make people be a certain way, but he, he wants a people to choose him freely. <clears throat> and from the beginning, you know, God told us that it would take a sacrifice to redeem us back from what mankind had lost in the beginning so Christ had you think about this because I, I know that we get so consumed with humanity we get so bogged down with the realities of what we face every day and the challenges of life and careers growing families and developing a future and sometimes the Christian journey just becomes a, a religious thing well that's what I do you know I'm, I'm a Christian I'm a good moral person uh, I practice biblical principles unless somebody cuts me off in traffic. I mean, it's whatever it might be with you, you know. Uh, but you have to understand there is a real world just on the other side of our other breath. That's just as real, actually more real than this one. And Jesus, I should say, Christ, he had to leave that realm and come here and join the created, he actually had to become the living sacrifice to make a way for us. See, this is why if I could, if we can ever get people, and when you're in your circle, you all know the group that you're trying to reach, right? Two of you, oh, that's pretty good, you know. You, listen, everybody here that's going to heaven, you should, now not out of some legalistic religious approach, but you should be trying to influence someone for Christ. And you don't, always remember this, guys, you don't have to force it. That's religion. Your nature, you know, Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit. Your nature will open the door. Your Christian character that's, that's instilled in, in you from spending time with Jesus, that fruit will manifest. You just have to be ready when that opportunity shows itself up to be, be able to step out and sow the seed of the word of God into someone's life. Christ left a world and came to this one for us so that he could make a way for us back to him. And here's the thing. Once he left that arena, he became Jesus. When he took on humanity, God told Joseph and Mary, you, you call him Jesus. Y'all know the name Jesus, right? We talked about this last week. It's, it's difficult in the American culture to go anywhere and, find, and not find somebody that has some opinion about Jesus. Whether good or bad, they've got some opinion about Jesus. And our job is to help them discover truths about that. Yeah? See, once he became Jesus, he took the place of Adam, and he became 100% human and 100% God. And you think about this, when you, when you look at it from maybe from God's perspective, the Almighty 
who can create anything he wants to, he made a group of people with the ability to reject him. What about that? Can we, can we get real for just a second? Now, we're not talking about your salvation. You understand that? Jesus paid it all. All to him. Oh, he paid it all. Right? Are you sure? Because I talk, listen, I talk to Christians that aren't sure. They think, they think there's days that they are saved and there's other days that they got to get saved again. That's just religion. Jesus paid it all. Okay? And he made, he made a creation that could freely reject him. And the, the thing is, so often when you get to that place in your journey of faith, you'll find yourself at times, and this is what I was going to, the question I wanted to ask, how many of you all, now don't raise your hand, but just self-evaluate, you've rejected Jesus. I don't mean your, your salvation, but I mean you've rejected him. Come on, you know, on the day that you, were, you didn't want him to know what you were doing, but he, he's with you, he'll never leave you, but in your, in your humanity, you think, well, well, I don't, Jesus won't, won't know. <laughs> don't tell the preacher. <laughs> that kind of stuff, right? No. We, we, we all yield to carnal junk, and we, we reject Jesus from time to time. This is why he had to make it the way he did for us. Because unless you ultimately say no to Christ, never accepting him as your Savior, it's at that point that you actually reject him. Remember, guys, and, and moving into Resurrection Sunday, this is the thing that if you could sit down and, and talk to somebody in the break room about the Lord, this is what you tell them. A real person left a real world and came to this one. They're like, man, is that science fiction? No, it's, it's real. It, it really took place. And the thing about the power, according to the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, the, the thing about the power of the gospel, when you share it with someone, it is a spiritual reality and it goes to work on their soul. That's how God designed it. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. You just have to tell the story. From that point, it is a spiritual truth that will take root. Now, sometimes the enemy will come and steal that. We talked about this last week in the parable of the sower. But that's why you pray when you sow something into someone's life, then you ask the Holy Spirit to send someone else in their life to water that seed that you sowed. And in that process, all of a sudden, the spirit of what the gospel does will take root in someone's life. Remember, he left his world and came to this one. The Apostle John says it like this. He came here and we didn't recognize him. He actually goes further and he says he came to his own people and they rejected him. But to all who believe in him, he gave them the right. Say, I got the right. He gave them the right to be children of God. Jesus gave you that right. See, it's not a religion. I am born again. I'm going to heaven. I know we don't get excited about that because we are so consumed with humanity. And I, I used to have one of, a pastor that used to say, that you don't want to be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. There is a truth to that. But I think we've just kind of closed the door completely to heaven, heavenly mindedness. I think sometimes your coworkers, your family members, they need to hear you talking about heaven. Heaven is a real place. Many of us, we have loved ones and family members that live there. We are sons. Remember I said this last week? We are sons and daughters of God by birth, not by worth. It, it reminds me of a story in the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul, uh, I think it's in somewhere in Acts 22, somewhere in there, but the Apostle Paul is preaching. And the, now you remember there's this religious sect that is following Paul around everywhere. And they're trying to kill him. And he's in this, he's in this city preaching, and they actually, they actually get, get him. And they're beating him. And the Roman military, you got to get this. He's a Christian preaching the gospel and the religious church of the day is persecuting him. And the Roman military comes and saves him. But because of everything that was said, because you understand he stirred up, he actually started preaching and stirred up a riot in the city. 
with the message that he preached. Because there was a bunch of demon worshipers there, and they were selling these little God images, and that's, that's what they were making their living off of. And Paul shut all that down. He said, there's only one God. <laughs> and a lot of people started believing that, and they got saved, and all of a sudden their revenue dried up, and so they ganged up on Paul and beat him up. And the Roman military came and rescued him. But part of their custom was, at that time in history, when they wanted to actually find truth out of someone, they would chain you up and whip you with a whip. So they're chained. Now, I'm talking about we are sons and daughters of God by birth, not by worth. Now, this, this story about Paul, it, it's, it's just typology. Not that it didn't happen, but it, the lesson that it teaches us is sometimes you got to open your mouth. See, they're chaining Paul up, getting ready to whip him. And Paul, look, as the guard is chaining Paul up, Paul says this, is it lawful to, to, to beat or to chain up a Roman citizen? Paul was a Roman citizen. And at that point, he stopped. Because if you were a citizen, you were what they would call today the elite. And so he went and got his commander, and his commander, they're having this conversation, and the commander said, listen, I bought my citizenship with a lot of money. Paul said, I was born one. I was born one. See, if you're here today and you, you belong to Jesus, you were born a citizen of heaven. You, you are this new creation in God. And that doesn't mean, obviously, Paul was about to be beat, so it doesn't mean you're exempt from difficulties. But in the middle of those, you have to be aware that he will bring you through them. I know we always want easy street, but sometimes we don't get that. Sometimes we have to face the challenges. The Bible calls us overcomers for a reason. And I'll say this, and you've heard me say it before. You're either an overcomer or an undergoer. Some of us, we're undergoing stuff, and we should be overcoming it. But you've got to get your mind made up that God's got you in the middle of the storm. Amen? This is three things I highlighted last Sunday, three very significant reasons why Jesus came to the planet. The first one is this. He says, I came here to save everyone that's away from me. That's what I do. I save people. Secondly, he says this. I came from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And then thirdly, he made this statement. I came that you may have and enjoy life. In abundance to the full till it overflows. See, an overflowing life is this wonderful thing that God will lead you in in the middle of, of difficulties. Remember we talked a few weeks ago about Joseph and all the challenges? God kept raising him to the top no matter what he was dealing with. Psalm 1, one of my favorite psalms, says this, Blessed is the one who delights in God's word, who meditates in it, Everybody know what it says? When you get time? Day and night. Now let's stop for a second. Don't, don't think religious. Don't let the enemy put condemnation on you. But self-evaluate your own life. Is your meditation in the word of God day and night? Now, now come on. But, because here's the thing. You could take one. If you're busy, let, let's just be real. Uh, you know, I've been watching... Uh, Watching Chad with his project right now, he is super busy working a full-time job, being a full-time husband, full-time dad, plus he's building his own house. Busy. But you could take one scripture that you got from a message here or from whatever, and you just meditate it. Meditate it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Meditate it. I am an overcomer. Meditate it. The Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. So find you a promise and say what God says, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what people tell you. God said, you are this. Blessed is the one who delights in the word, who meditates in it day and night, because they will be like a tree planted by a river. And you will produce fruit in its season and your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, what's a whatever? Whatever you do will prosper. You see, this is the thing about this good life that Jesus came that we could have. That's what he was talking about in the Gospel of John. And I think something that we miss sometimes, because if you'll think back to, in Matthew 11, Jesus makes this statement. He says, those who come to me and follow me, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now, 
in the middle of the thing that you're facing. Can it be light and easy? It can be light and easy, but we try to take care of God's part, don't we? Because we're these impatient people and we want it right now and we don't see the result right away and we get frustrated and we question our faith, we question God. Jesus said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. See, some of us, I'll say this with respect, some of us, we need to lighten up a little bit. We're so serious about the things of God. And make no mistake, the things of God are very serious, but we can be very serious, lighthearted, full of the joy of the Lord, with a smile on your face. My mom used to tell me this, son, you can, you can get more flies with honey than you can vinegar. I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's some wisdom there, mom. Yeah. Be nice to people. Lighten up a little bit. Quit being so zealous about your religious ideas. Oh, they do it this way. They don't do it that way. Oh, that one over there does it that way. I don't agree with that. Stop all that junk, man. Judge, judge yourself lest you be judged. I think, I think maybe Jesus said that. I'm, yeah. See, Jesus came that we could have this wonderful life on good days and bad days because we have this blessed assurance. We are like a tree planted by a river. Well, how many of y'all know this weekend we had some serious wind? I think that's what happened here. We had something that it tripped all kinds of stuff. And uh, I mean, all my lawn furniture I already had out everywhere. Table turned over on the porch. Definitely, definitely mess up my hair, man. <laughs> right, Chad? Yeah. But when we have this assurance in, 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 in our soul that we know God's got us, there's this steadiness about us. Man, I don't, wow. I don't know if I can say that, Lord. Huh. Don't be afraid to die. That's what the Lord just put in my heart. I think so many of us, we're afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, I know we don't, we, nobody's looking forward to that. I get it. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But don't be afraid of it because your last breath here is graduation day. I mean, it, we, we just don't comprehend the scope of that. We don't. Yeah. And he came that we could have this kind of life, not just in our humanity, but a God life. And here's the thing, if when you watch Jesus, you, you must understand this is, uh, I said this last week, he is the manifested will of the Father in a human. Remember he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? That's the thing that we have to understand. And one of the things I love about Jesus, and we talked about this last week with the woman called in adultery, with uh, the prodigal son, is that Jesus is an extension of the Father and he, he, he is the picture of grace. I mean, that's the thing. If you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to name grace something other than grace, you could name it Jesus because Jesus is, the, is what grace looks like. And what God needs from all of us is this, is that we, ex this is, you, you, gotta, you should probably write this one down. You got to take this home with you today. We should, as children of God, we should extend the same grace to others that he gave us. Now, we don't, do we? Listen, let me, let me tell you a quick story about uh, one of my traffic journeys this week. Well, God teaches me lessons in traffic. I don't know about y'all, because some, we, sometimes we don't listen. But, I'm, I'm, and my wife, she'll tell you, stop it. And there, there's, there's this vehicle over here, and there's one here. And this one's talking to this one, and I'm behind them. And I don't really, my windows are up. It's a little cool, so I don't really say anything, but I'm like, man, come on. And as I do that, the, the, the guy driving the vehicle sees me, but then I see a little girl in the back window talking to the other person saying hi. I know, right? And I'm like, come on, God. They could have pulled into the parking lot and talked. No, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't say that. But because, because I couldn't wait 
five seconds because of a habit. And the Lord, I mean, he dealt with me. I'm like, I was upset. I'm like, okay, God, I got it. Because the dad's like, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't, you know, he, my window was up, but I, I could, you know, he, praise the Lord, he didn't use other language. There was a child in the car. But it just, it let me know, I think sometimes we get so hung up with everything going on around us. And we forget. There's a bigger picture going on here. Well, it would be really bad if, if the dad showed up at church today. Like, oh, you're the, you're the guy. <laughs> oh, you're him, yeah. Right? You see, what God needs from all of us is this, to extend that same grace to other people. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2. God saved you, this is verse 8, out of the New Living. God saved you by his grace, watch this, when you believed. Now you hear me say this all the time, but you actually have to believe this. I am saved on my good days, on my bad days. Next week as we enter into Resurrection Sunday, we're talking about Jesus getting up out of the grave. And we celebrate this one thing we celebrate, that he came to save us. I am born again. I am saved on my good days and bad. But I have to believe that. You have to believe that because the enemy, is he will be quick to hammer you about this stuff. And he goes on to say, and you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from the Lord. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so nobody can boast about it. For we are, watch this, God's masterpiece. Y'all know what a masterpiece is? Yeah, we're God's masterpiece. He has created us in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The Amplified says it like this, he created us to take the paths he prepared ahead of time that we should, watch this, that we should live the good life, prearranged for us to live. See, he's got a good life for you. Sometimes it's, it's just good to hear him in the back of your mind. It's what I do. I got you. I've made a good life for you. Follow me. Here's, here's one of the, the, the mistakes that we make, though. We follow him, and we'll keep an eye on Jesus with this eye, and we're watching what somebody else does, and like, well, Lord, you did that for him. Why don't you do that for me? Don't we? Lord, I've been believing you, praying. He's brand new in the church. I'm a tither. We, I mean, we, we do all that stuff, don't we? Yeah. You got to realize that your joy, your peace, your journey, your success it's not going to look like somebody else's. You have to enjoy yours. Quit worrying about somebody else's. Quit looking at what they have. Sometimes some of the things that people have, they probably shouldn't have had because it gets in their way of something God wants to do with them. I want you to wrap your head around this this morning, okay? Because <clears throat> we are his body on the planet. And without him, we cannot and without us, he will not. Now, I know that goes against a lot of religious ideas and theologies, but make no mistake, you're his body on the planet. That's why he says that you have to go tell people about him. You have to go tell them. Sometimes you have to show them first. Because many times, just like with me in traffic, what we're doing is speaking so loud, ain't nobody listening. Yeah. And sometimes being like him, sometimes extending grace to others, <laughs> are you ready for this? Actually dealing with people, y'all cool with that, right? Yeah, okay. I'm still working that one out. But a lot of times when it comes to extending that grace, dealing with other people, man, it's, Andy, it's a lot easier just just to follow some religious rules than to extend grace to somebody. You see, religious rules, and boy, churches are great at this, but religious rules, guys, it allows you to judge from a distance. Sinner. Oh, you, uh, you did that. Mm. 
Pastor, you know what they did. It's a, it blows my mind, the tattletales in church. I mean, I'm, just, I'm like, are you for real right now? You, you coming, you're telling the preacher. <laughs> They're like, who is it? Yeah. You see, grace, on the other hand, grace, it will risk its reputation to hang out with a sinner. It's quiet up in here, man. Is, is this not a good one today? <laughs> I mean, I, I, can get some, I can get some jokes if y'all want. <laughs> huh? See, see guys, I, I'm telling you, I, we're living in a world right now that is crumbling around us. And, and, and the thing is, there is, it is a tactic of the enemy because he knows his time is drawing to an end. And what the church needs to, to be aware of, it's what I do. I've got you. In the good days and the bad days, stay with me, trust me, extend the grace to others that I extended to you. See, this, remember like we said in the beginning of this talk, this whole thing is a setup. Planned from eternity. There are people that, that is going to cross paths with you and your personality. They, they probably won't even like me. But they'll listen to you. And, and here's the thing, we're the church, not just when we gather in these four walls, we, we need to be the church Monday through Saturday. See, that's the thing, you all need to have your, you need to have your game on, you know. It's like last week that I was talking about, I was talking about my golf game and Derek was back there slamming me. Well, I'll let y'all ask him what happened this week. <laughs> that's right, you know. Every now, a squirrel get a, get a nut every now and then, you know. If I, <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing, guys. Jesus paid the price. And he came so that we could have a life like him. Is that crazy? Romans 5, 17 says this. For if because of one man's trespass, who was that one, one man? It was you. I know we like to use Adam because that is true in one sense. But the name Adam means mankind. It was all of us. Jesus is the only perfect one. For if because of one man's trespass, his, his offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, the free gift of righteousness, it puts us in right standing with him. And those that are in right standing with God, watch this, they will reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. What's that mean? Reign as kings. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings? He's the Lord of? Well, who's the kings he's king of, Jack? King Gary. I like the sound of that. Huh? Now, I know I'm making light of it, but listen, there is soon coming a day. I want you to get this today. All this is going to be done. And like we said last week, I, I, I made the comment when I, I heard D.L. Moody say, well, I, did, I didn't, he's, he's been in heaven a long time. I read what he said. But what we do here is training ground for what will be there. See, there are some of you all because you're constantly looking at the world around you and you're thinking, man, I don't have a title. I don't have this fancy degree. Well, you're, 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 you're slowly beginning to get the revelation that deg degrees mean absolutely nothing in today's culture. Matter of fact, some of the schools that today, they shouldn't go ahead and be shut down. Now, I'm not diminishing education. By all means, you need to get it, but you need to find alternative sources to get it because some of the stuff that's out there today, it's broke. Anyway... That was a sidetrack thought. But we're being developed now. You remember the story where Jesus said, you've been faithful in a little. I'm going to make you ruler over 10 cities. Well, why would he make a statement like that? Just to play mind games with us? No, this thing's soon going to be wrapped up. And when he comes back and sets up his rule on the planet as King Jesus, and you get to actually see him face to face, 
Can you imagine that? I mean, you're going to have to meet with him. It's like getting called into the principal's office. You're going to have to meet with King Jesus. Parker, you're going to have a conversation with him, man. And I know y'all are all cool with it. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I can't wait for that. Oh, yeah. Well, he starts, because if you have you read what Paul wrote about in Corinthians, the judgment seat of Christ, the things you did and didn't do, your junk. Now, you're forgiven. You're there. So don't be tore up. You're there. But your assignment here, you will answer for it. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this stuff today. Man, just give me one of them hallelujah messages, brother. Uh, you, you, if you get this now and you begin to develop who you are, because he says that when that happens, according to Romans, we will reign as kings on this earth. You go, I mean, just think, just think if you was in charge of 10 cities. Hello, governor. It's you. You're in charge. Well, I don't know how to be in charge. Well, neither did Joseph. Joseph hadn't, he didn't have any training to be in charge of a nation, but God put him in charge of a nation, a very corrupt, demonic influence nation. Would God put you in charge of some corrupt people in a minute? He's got you surrounded by some corrupt people right now. <laughs> Go ahead and sow something into their life. See, I'm hoping that this talk, that, that it just kind of provokes some thoughts for us. That it stirs up some conversations that will challenge all of us to recognize that it's what he does. He inspires us. He challenges us. And then he strengthens us to step out and do and be the body on the planet. And when you look at the life of Jesus, one of the, one of the favorite statements I, I, I like that he made was that he came to destroy the works of the devil. Because in the beginning, that's what caused Satan or Adam to fall was, this, was Satan. Now, I know that the woman was tempted, but Adam rebelled because he was right there. And God told him, just like he told her, don't do it. And he did it anyway. Yeah. And so Jesus had to come. The Christ had to come and destroy all that Satan had accomplished through the fall of man. That's why Jesus and Paul both tell us that Satan is the God of this world. That's why things are so jacked up right now. But as the church begin to, begins to lift up its voice, and I was reading the story this morning in my, in my one-year Bible about, about Joshua, and when Joshua told, or when God told Joshua to go in and take Jericho, Jericho was so terrified because the people of God were coming. The world today is not. Because they look at us and they laugh. Because we can't even agree on, on simple stuff. We fight amongst ourselves so much that they don't have to worry about fighting us. We have to stop that. Huh? And God told Joshua, he said, this is, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you this ridiculous plan. March around the city. Is he for real? I mean, you got, you got Wendy and her team. Here we go marching around now, 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 if you go read the story, though, the people that lived in the city are terrified. And they're like, what are they doing? They're, they're taunting us. That's what it is. You know, they're taunting us. Just march around the city. You know, but they didn't, the first day they didn't sing anything. But matter of fact, God told them not to say a word. Because when you started seeing the massive walls and the things that they built, It'd be real easy to be start to talk unbelief and doubt. March around it, go back. March around it, go back. March around it, go back. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then shout. See, I think that as we begin to embrace who we are and we're confident in who we are, when we step out in faith... Not that you're destroying somebody. You're doing just the opposite. You're, you're destroying the works of the devil. You're going into his territory and you're taking people. Because you have been made free. Jesus has already established this rule of law, if you will. Colossians says it like this. I I I've taken the liberty of paraphrasing Colossians chapter 2. But there's a few things I want to highlight. Number one is this. Jesus, he made us alive together with him. Having forgiven, having forgiven, having forgiven all our trespasses. What about next week? You sure? 
See, you need to be sure about this. Number two, he has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, nailing it to the cross. Colossians chapter 2 lets us know that the Old Testament law has been nailed to the cross. It's done away with. No, no more legalism. And then he says this, he disarmed the powers of darkness, making a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. See, these are things that Jesus accomplished for us. You've been made new. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when you watch him through the book, you get to see how he did it. He came to do the will of the Father. That's why he's here. He just keeps serving up a little bit more of a, it's what I do. That's the thing that Jesus has done for us. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, he has, say has. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and he's conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of his son. You are in the kingdom right now, heirs to the throne of heaven right now, still in your humanity. In verse 18, and then he makes this statement. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. He's the firstborn of the dead. That in all things, he gets the preeminence. He is the one that gets the glory. He is the one that is in charge of everything. He's the firstborn. He's the head of the church, his body. You see, they go together. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm doing it like this, like the head's over here and the body's over here. <laughs> They're together, you know. <clears throat> like if I see Wendy driving, like I saw Wendy the other day, she didn't see me. But she was flying, man. I mean. <laughs> yeah. But if I see Wendy in her vehicle, I don't, see, I don't say, there goes Wendy's vehicle. I, what, do we, what do we say? Oh, there goes Wendy. But Wendy was actually in her vehicle. See, that's how we are. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've... We should be saying in ourselves, hey guys, if y'all have seen me, you've seen Jesus. Amen. Now religion thinks that's arrogance. But it's not arrogance. That's who we are. If you take the time to let the word of God shape you, I am in Christ. I am a new creation in him. I am the body on the planet. Jesus told us in John chapter 14, the things I do, you can do also. If you do what? If you believe it. So when you watch him, when you watch Jesus, the body on the planet, he shows the church, the body on the planet, how we're supposed to function. Yeah. Because he made us new. <clears throat> Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Galatians chapter 3 says it like this in verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, where it's written, curses everyone that hangs on the tree. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Let me give you some, uh, can I give you a little homework today? Go read Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 shows you, it, it, it breaks down, it, it gives you a very clear description of what the curse of the law looks like. And I mean, it lists all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and curses and poverty and all, I mean, all kinds. You've been redeemed from that. So if it tries to come to your house, uh-uh. Take them to Galatians chapter 3. Did we just lose another one? <laughs> we in the dark over here. <laughs> give me a, I'll give you a flashlight right here. What about right here? <clears throat> yeah. We've been redeemed from that. Now, when you read that, you're like, oh, that's terrible. You know, like, if, especially if you read some of the old school writings. I've told you all this before. Like, one of them that that I think is kind of weird sounding, is the botch of Egypt. <laughs> I don't know what that is and don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> but you've been redeemed from it. You've been redeemed from the curse. Why? So that the blessing, and if you don't know what the blessing of Abraham is, well, Genesis chapter 12, the blessing of Abraham, God said, I'm going to make you very distinguished and famous so that you could be a blessing everywhere you go. And then he had Moses write in Deuteronomy what the blessing looks like. So the first verses of, the, of that in Deuteronomy 28 describes the blessing. 
the difference between Old Testament and New because we're born again, so you have to interpret the new through the, or the old through the lens of the New Testament, right? Are you sure? Okay. Because when you read the Old Testament, Deuteronomy starts out this, like this. If, say if. See, if God's just in control of everything, there is no if. If you diligently, diligently obey my commandments, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you if you diligently obey. Well, we're no longer, I just read to you out of Colossians that he nailed the handwriting requirements of the law to the cross. We're no longer under the Old Testament law. Now we are under a new covenant and it's by faith. So now it would be by faith, not by law that you get these things. So where you see law, you put faith there. And if you diligently live a life of faith, all these blessings will overtake you. I mean, it's nice when you get overtook by a blessing. Like, what was that? Like the blessing, bam, just got hit upside the head with the blessing. That's nice, right? Yeah. See, this is something that God wants us to understand, though. He's made this available for us. He wants us at a place that we realize when we cross, when, when we cross paths with people, we can be, we, we're at a place of, of confidence that we can extend that grace to them because we're his body on the planet. And one of the best things that we can do, one of the best ways of being an expression of him, it's extending that grace. I know they don't deserve it sometimes. Guess what? Sometimes we don't deserve it. Matter of fact, we didn't deserve Jesus, but he came anyway. Man, I, I, sometimes I think about this. I can't help but wonder how many of us, we've taken this, this wonderful free gift that God has made available for us, and we've built these walls of religion around it. I mean, there's churches all over this place, including ours. We so much legalism and stuff. You see, grace is the only way anyone has access, if you think about it. It's the only way anyone has access to this new life. That's the thing. And when you realize that grace is actually a person, not a principle, it changes all that self-made religious stuff that we think about. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Listen, most people that you talk about shouldn't do that. They already know they shouldn't do it. You know, there's, there's things in your life you shouldn't do. We all have that junk. And even though grace is free for anyone who will believe in it, you've got to understand this, you all. Grace costs Jesus everything. He left his world and came here. So let's not insult Jesus by entertaining a bunch of religious ideas and legalistic stuff in some attempt to pay him back, that we're going to be good enough on some, are you for real right now? This is why Jesus said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. You, you need to lighten up on some of this stuff, man. Because at the end of the day, even if you are right, good job, even if you are right, at the end of the day, it's still by grace that you've been saved, not because you're right. In all of our rightness, in all of, huh? See, the real power is in Christ, and the more that we get to know him, the less the influence of sin will have in our life. The less that old nature will have a voice in your life. The less your past failures will, will, will be able to mess with you. The more that you get to know him, the more grace will be evident in your life, and the more you're going to impact other people. This is why Paul can make statements like this. And I'll get you out of here with this. Closing number one. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul makes this statement in verse 20. I have been, have been crucified with Christ. How's that work? You weren't even there that day. Do you understand? This is what I need people to wrap their heads around about the realities of grace. Jesus, that, that, that old hymn, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he... Anybody know what it says? Come on, y'all. Jesus did it. And in all of our attempts, in all of our seriousness, in all of our religious approach to stuff, Paul makes this statement, it is only by the grace of God that I am what I am. Now, Paul did some corrupt stuff when he was Saul. And now he makes this bold statement in Galatians chapter 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ, the anointing one that lives in me. And the life 
that I now live in the body. So who's the I that's in the body that's talking about? That's the, that's the inner man. That's your born again nature. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then he makes this statement, and I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could have been gained through the law, through your religious attempts, through all your goodness, through all your seriousness, through all your attempts to do it, if righteousness could have came that way, then Christ died for nothing. The message says it like this. Isn't it clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? And if that's the case, then Christ died unnecessary. You see, on the cross, when Jesus said, it is finished, guys, he wasn't referring to his suffering in that moment in humanity. He was referring to the redemption plan that he came to fulfill. Jesus paid it all. It's what I do. I got you. I took care of it. I got the check. Huh? <clears throat> I think it was Jack was telling me a story. He was, he was somewhere shopping at, at the grocery store, and there was somebody in the line behind him, and they were scrambling for the, to get their money or something. And, and Jack just looked over to the cashier and said, how much? What is it? He said, take care of it. It, it, it shocked their world. Because you, but I'm telling you, you want to open the door to somebody's life? Extend grace to them. Be a blessing to them. What did Genesis 12, that's what God, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you distinguished and famous and great so that you can be, the Amplified says it like this, so that you can be a blessing, distinguishing goods to every, everywhere you go. Yeah. See, and because Jesus paid it all, our role is simply to believe and yield to his leading. But the thing is, because of so much tradition, man, it's made it hard for us, you know, to believe that grace is just that simple. Hmm? See, I, I think sometimes when we take a look at it, and I get it to some degree, because when you think about grace in his undeservable, unearnable, unmaintainable favor. It, it does seem like a too-good-to-be-true story, doesn't it? That's right. It is. That's why he did it. Basically, all he's asking of us today is this. Follow me. On your good days, on your bad days, follow me. Let me influence your life. Let me transform you into the person I already pre-ordained. Let me, your, your life that I've already got, got planned for you. It's how Paul could make the statement, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Romans 5 says it like this, therefore, since we have been, since we have been made right in God's sight. See, if you don't get any other scripture today, if you took Romans 5, 1 and 2, and you meditated this, since we have been, have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done. Jesus made it, made it this way. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently, watch this very carefully, we confidently and what? Seriously. No. Now, yes, the things of God are very serious, but we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. See, when you show up with a smile on your face instead of the modern-day pharisaical approach, well, you shouldn't say it like that. You should say it like this. Come on, man. I was listening to a preacher the other day, and he said, man, one of the, he was talking about foul language. He used some of it from the platform, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> I'm like, man, he brought it. He said, he said but this is what y'all say. I'm like, okay. Here's the big thing, Parker. Our fight really isn't with 
other people. It's not with the devil. Our fight, right here. Our fight is with ourselves. Learning how to live this life that Jesus has 100% completely already paid for and made available for us. All you gotta do is follow him. Follow him. Remember guys, this whole thing is a setup. From the very beginning, planned from eternity, Jesus knew he would have to leave his world as the Christ and embrace humanity. Why? So that he could have a people that would freely choose him. And so if you're here this morning and you've never freely chosen Jesus, maybe you're listening or watching and you've never taken a step of faith for Jesus, today's your day. Of course, we're not talking about church membership, things like that. I understand that, you know, I may not be somebody's style. I get it. But that thought in the back of your mind right now, that's the Lord. He's just, he's just tugging on your heart like, hey, man, just give me a chance. That's all he needs. And he'll reveal himself one day at a time, one revelation at a time. He'll begin to show you, us, who he is. But it starts with this very simple act of faith. You got to believe this. Believe that Jesus came to the planet. Believe that he died a real death and he rose and is alive today and his real human body lives in heaven today. I had someone that sent the church a question the other day. I really appreciate when you all do that and ask us stuff because they were asking about, well, what if somebody's dead here? And where do we, your spirit goes to heaven. But the apostle Paul says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise first. And those bodies, wherever they're at, whether they've been, whether they've been cremated, or like I used to tell in, in youth all the time, or you got ate by a shark and pooped on the bottom of the ocean floor. Regardless of, your molecular structure is all still intact here in this atmosphere. And in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, your spirit will come, come back. And just like Jesus' body came out, like, man, that sounds like something out of a movie. It's gonna be so fast you won't get to see it. It's in the blink of an eye, it happens. See, this is what we have in store for us. And so this is why it's so important for us to be these people that extend grace to other people, amen? So if you're in the room today and you've never taken that step of faith, believe it. A real person came and died and, and got up out of the grave and he's alive today. And he lives in us as the Christ, the anointed one, the Holy Spirit. And he's petitioning people today. Give Jesus a chance. We're going to say a very simple prayer, and if this is you, say the prayer. Give the Lord a chance in your life. Amen. Church, let's help him. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.